What is up and welcome into an episode that is very meaningful to me. First of all, I appreciate everyone who has so far, but if you haven't yet, go subscribe, rate, and follow this podcast. I really appreciate it. But this week, I have the honor of sitting down with the CEO of Vispa, Geneva Slayball. Vispa is a revenue cycle management web-based software designed for hospitals. Geneva has been an entrepreneur at heart all her life, and she's finally getting a chance to showcase the talents and ideas that she has been able to develop along the way. I'm especially proud of her because she happens to be my aunt as well, and I have gotten to see this journey she's been on firsthand throughout my whole life. She's one of the most intentionally caring and encouraging people I've come across and been able to be around in my journey, and this conversation felt the same as family dinners do. I'm extremely excited for you to get a chance to to look into her mind and maybe take a few nuggets away that you can use for yourself. Let's get into it. You don't set out to build a wall. You don't say, I'm going to build the biggest, baddest, greatest wall that's ever been built. You don't start there. You say, I'm going to lay this brick as perfectly as a brick can be laid. There will not be one brick on the face of the earth that's going to be laid better than this brick that I'm going to lay in this next 10 minutes. And you do that every single day. And soon you have a wall. All right, Geneva. So I am super excited for today. This is my first on the road podcast down here in North Carolina at your beautiful new offices. Um, And I'm really excited to to give people a chance to hear some of your story today and some of the nuggets you've picked up along the way. Um, If you kind of want to introduce yourself. Absolutely. And first of all, thank you so much for having me on your show, Brady. It's really good to be here. And I'm super excited for what you're doing. I think there's going to be a lot of value in all the people that you bring on to here to just help a lot of people. So I'm Geneva Slaybaugh, and I am uh, uh, a mom of four children, married for 27 years, and I am the CEO right now of our, our family business called Vispa, and uh, just super excited to be here today. Awesome. That's cool. I mean, I guess we might as well just jump right into it. So right now, your, your business, Vispa, um, can you kind of tell us a little bit about that and what it is that you do? Absolutely. So uh, we've been in the healthcare industry for now quite a, quite a few years. In fact, um, Lamar, my husband, has been in it for over 20 years, and of those, I've been in it for 10 and the healthcare industry is an interesting uh, kind of business, if you will. It's a pretty traditional space. And we have a technologies company and have developed a suite of software solutions for the hospital for a hospital business office. So uh, specifically, we work in what is called the revenue cycle, and um, our software helps people who are following up on insurance claims to do so much faster and much more efficiently and therefore um, drive cash for uh, more quickly for a hospital because uh, you know one in four hospitals operates in the red. So for any of you out there that are business owners, mm-hmm. that's like a really big deal uh, yeah. when you think about that. And 
it's cool too because I know you've kind of branded the business as the Tesla of the healthcare industry, which is super cool to think about kind of the sleek, fast moving mm-hmm. way that it goes. But as as you look at it and kind of the maybe the employees that you've had, um, I, you said you've got four kids, my cousins, and you've kind of brought them in to help with what you guys do, what you and Lamar have built. How have you kind of been able to balance that? maybe work or family environment and relationship? You know, that's a really good question and one that is not easily answered in just mm-hmm. one quick sentence. And so I think I would begin by saying, I think one of the things that we have really focused on in just raising our kids from the time that they were young, you know, all the way up through was to really try to develop kind of the entrepreneur that was in them, like give them opportunities to make money, to learn how to manage their own things, how to, you know, I remember one summer, my son, uh, we couldn't find a job for him. So we created one for him. He had a lemonade stand in the middle of Amish country and he ran it himself and he did really great with it. But those experiences all throughout their childhood I believe really has set them up to where we all are kind of of the same mindset in how we how we do business Mm -hmm. and when we are at work it's professional it's excellent and um, you know while we are family we operate as colleagues and um, it's been in fact just this week we hired a a new employee uh, about a month ago now and I asked her just this week Uh, what has it been like working with us because we are a family and I'm just curious and she said honestly she said I've I've never been around a family like yours before she said everybody knows their lane they know what they're good at and there's no competition about trying to outdo each other because everybody is comfortable in their own skin and can and knows their strength and their weaknesses and they don't go outside of that and so i don't know if that's what you were looking for that's awesome i think it's kind of cool how you've come to that realization of figuring out what people are good at and the differences we have and trying to put people in place to fill others weaknesses Mm -hmm. and you've kind of turned that also into another venture and, and a business for yourself and life and leadership coaching for entrepreneurs in their own right can you kind of speak to that and what you're doing in that field? Absolutely. So this is uh, something I am very passionate about, and you touched on it, and that is when you have the right people in the right place doing the right thing, I believe you get supernatural results because I am a firm believer that everybody has been designed and created to with very specific attributes and that when we find what those things are, there is an array of ways that we can use those gifts that we've been given. And as a coach and working with other entrepreneurs, um, I have found that, you know, people often come to me when they feel stuck, when they don't, they maybe feel a lid on their head. Maybe, um, you know, I work with all entrepreneurs. So sometimes they've started their business and they've built it to a certain point and then they they can't get it any bigger. They maybe have, they're stuck at their revenue where they've been for a few years, or they, they have a vision of going somewhere bigger, but they don't know how to get there. And then they come to me and I am able to uh, kind of help, uh, you know, most of the time the focus is on how you think 
And what I have found is that as entrepreneurs, oftentimes we just want to get going. We just want to be making the money. We want to be attaining our goals Mm -hmm. and really taking a step back at the same time and looking at how we think. um, I have seen extraordinary results come from from my my clients doing that and from my own life personally. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really cool that as you know, you're building this healthcare um, product and industry and you're trying to scale that up pretty quickly. It's interesting how you can kind of manage both. And I think one of the reasons that you're able to do that is because it's a passion for you. Mm-hmm. And, and when something's kind of a passion project and you really narrow in, like I know people my age right now are trying to figure out their passions. And so it's kind of cool to see someone that's figured that out and has been there and done that and how you can kind of balance both of those is really cool and you kind of talked about knowing yourself is really important and i know you're very big on the i believe it's the disc assessment Mm -hmm. can you kind of talk about that because i know i've taken it and um i i I believe that it's really important to study and truly know what you're good at and what you're not good at because you don't you can't efficiently lead other people unless you know what you're good at and how you can apply that into their life, but then also bring people in in those weakness spots. Absolutely. And really, you know, there's a quote that we probably all have heard, and that is know thyself. And I believe the more that we can know who we are and the more that we can tap into that core of who we are and not trying to be something else, I think too many times in the world that we live in today, we can, and I, I kind of can see, I was this way when I was in my, you know, my younger years, mm-hmm. where you're trying to find what are those things. And you kind of find yourself bopping around to different things because you're trying to figure it out. And that's not entirely bad because sometimes knowing what you don't want to do and knowing who you aren't is just as important as knowing who you are and what you love. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that's where tools like the DISC assessment, I think, are hugely helpful because they really give you insight into those things as you're reading through. You can, it's like someone else is putting words to maybe what you feel that you can't even articulate. And I believe that while it is also helpful for you, it's also helpful in understanding other people. And Mm -hmm. understanding that not everybody communicates the way you do. Not everyone thinks how you think. Not everyone goes about things as you do. And I think that is the strength of a team and really really taking advantage of those other gifts that are around you and not being intimidated by them. Mm -hmm. But just being confident in what you bring to the table and then also being very respectful of, of what others bring. And for me, that's kind of why I started on this journey is because I don't know where I'm at yet. And I'm trying to figure that out. And one of my early passions I found was people Mm -hmm. and hearing their stories, hearing where they come from and how you can maybe add a little bit of value to them or or whatnot. And one of the biggest things I've learned so far is that you have to be okay with failure. Mm -hmm. No matter where you're at, what you're doing, to get to that end vision that God has for us, um, sometimes you don't know that w- when you're at the current point in life. You don't know his plans for you down the road. And I, I know you've kind of had some businesses that you've done in the past, and mm-hmm. I like to call them successful failures, but kind of um, businesses that didn't last and whatnot. Um, so can you kind of talk about that, maybe some of the, the past sure. ventures you've had? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I used to look at failure in such a negative light and I actually have come to really appreciate and really have learned so, so much from failures to where now when things don't go like I think they're going to go, I actually don't mind it because I've learned something. And, you know, the only way that we grow is if we learn, right? And so um, I, I like to say, too, that um, just because we've had experiences doesn't mean that we are any wiser unless we learn from them. Mm-hmm. And so just a practical example, um, and some of you may know this, I, I am a master chocolatier, and I had a chocolate company for about six, six or seven years. And um, in the course of that, I knew nothing about chocolate when I started, but of course I was looking for an opportunity as an entrepreneur. I, I was a stay-at-home mom at the time, and I wanted to do something. And this was an idea that I believe God gave me. And, you know, when, when God gives you ideas, you often have in your mind of what you think it's going to look like. And my experience has shown that nine times out of ten, it's not what you think it's going to look like. And I honestly, looking back on that time, at the time I felt like a failure because it didn't go like I wanted it to go. But as I reflect on that time, I learned so many valuable lessons. I learned, you know, just practically, chocolate is a very scientific thing to work with. And most people would never know that. Well, I'm a person of excellence, so I wasn't about to, you know, compromise and do things kind of halfway. I wanted to do it the best. And you're not going to be the best when you start out. That's I'm just sure at the beginning there was a lot of extra <laughs> chocolate eating or there was there was ups. yes absolutely but really learning that those answers are within me like when I don't know what to do and you know one of my big uh, lessons learned during that time was I was used to I I had this thinking that I wasn't smart enough. I thought that I'm not smart enough to do certain kinds of things that I have to rather go to other people who are smarter than me. And this kind of goes back to some of the things I was talking about with the coaching is that whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Mm -hmm. And when I'll never forget the day I was standing at at my stove and I had an order of chocolates I had to get out and things were not working well. They were not going as planned. And I just heard this voice in my mind, and it said, Geneva, you have what it takes inside you to succeed and do this right. You can figure it out. And it was like a light bulb went on in me. And from that moment on, my chocolate journey was much, much different. That's awesome. And I went on to become a master chocolatier, and then I decided, you know, I don't think I want to spend that much time making chocolates in the kitchen. Yeah. And I... I uh, shut the business down. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, for me, one of the things I've been doing a lot of research on lately is the mind and how that plays such a big impact onto what's around us and what we do on a daily basis, but it also affects us on the inside a lot too. Mm-hmm. I mean, health reasons, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And for you, as you kind of came to that, that's really cool to hear and kind of see that put into place from what I've been studying lately. Mm-hmm. How did you then know when it was time to move on from that business. Because that's a, something a lot of people struggle with, especially like people at a young age, my mm-hmm. age. Um, 
you know, we go into something and we really don't want to fail because we don't want to let down the people around us. We don't want to look like a failure in front of our friends right. for trying something that maybe they thought was dumb. Um, but, but how do you know then when it's time to move on and be okay with that? Right. You know, I really think that's something that you just learn with experience. And there have definitely been times in my life where I hung on to something I was doing for too long. And kind of the indicator signs that I see have learned just over time with different things I've done is that when I begin to feel this tremendous burden that I have to be doing something, but I feel no passion for it, I feel no drive for it, when it, maybe at one time I did, and it just feels like a big old weight on you, it's time to start thinking, okay, why am I feeling this? And that's another thing that I've learned that I think is a, is a very valuable tool is that when you feel those things, rather than looking at your circumstances and looking externally, look within yourself and say, you know, I'm a person of faith. And so I, I say things like, God, why is this so hard for me? And then I'm just quiet and I listen. Yeah. And I, I like to talk. I like noise. I like interaction. And so I've had to learn to be quiet and listen. And it's amazing what you hear when you listen. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've, that's most of the time when I get my direction. And I, uh, you know, one of my last places that I was at before I became the CEO here is I'll never forget, I heard, I heard the words in my mind because I, I sat down at a staff meeting and I heard the words, um, your assignment is done here. It's time for you to move on. And I thought, all right, huh. let's move on. Yeah. And, and it, but it released me from feeling the need to be there. Yeah, that, that's really cool. And I know that those battles and those um, trials, tribulations have gotten you to the point where you're at now of being a CEO of a, of a really cool and exciting tech healthcare startup. This is something I know nothing about. Um, but what is it like being a woman in the corporate world and trying to, one, pioneer yourself and, and get your own place, but you're also trying to bring a product into an industry that, that's very outdated and set in its ways while trying to pioneer a business as well? What kind of challenges have you faced early on? You know, that's a really interesting question. And honestly... If I would choose to focus on those things, on why it's difficult for a woman, why it's hard for me, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And I have really had, because there are biases, there just are. Mm -hmm. And, but I can't focus on those. The moment that I begin focus on, focusing on those things, I begin spiraling. And I can't, I can't allow it. There's too much at stake and it's not who I am. I know that I am supposed, I know I am supposed to be in this role. I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I know God will make a way. I believe he calls us to do things that feel impossible, Mm -hmm. but that's so that he can work with us in it. And so, you know, it, and healthcare is a very kind of conservative, traditional, um, space where, you know, majority, uh, from an executive standpoint, the majority are men. And, um, but honestly, I have amazing 
executive uh, males around me that um, they are great colleagues and I love working with them and they are very respectful of me and very supportive and promoting of me. And, but I believe too that even if I didn't have that and I don't always have it, depending on where I am, mm-hmm. um, it still is up to me. I just refuse to point blame on anybody externally because I am the only one that control what goes on here. And the moment I start paying attention to the stuff out there that is negative, I I go in a pl- to a place that I don't want to go to. It's so cool to hear from someone that has found that vision where God has placed in them maybe what they should be doing or a, a route to go down. And, and it's at that moment when you know that he's given you this vision and this is where you're supposed to be that I feel like, like you said, you can feel comfortable in that role and know that this is where you're supposed to be and go all in for it. And when you might get a blip in the radar or some bias to, mm-hmm. to not let it mess with you and, and keep moving forward. Right. Who too have you kind of looked up to um, maybe in a business sense, maybe not someone that you've been able to have a, an actual relationship with, but, mm-hmm. but a mentor or someone in, in the business world or your industry that you've kind of admired. You know, um, one person that comes to mind immediately is somebody I met a number of years ago. And, um, and there have been, I'll preface this by saying there have been many people that have been mentors to me that I have taken so much from. In fact, I believe everybody should have multiple mentors in different areas of your life. Um, but this particular guy, uh, Paul Martinelli, he, um, he is in Florida. He is a part of the John Maxwell organization. And he also has another organization called Empowered Living. And he's an entrepreneur, a very successful entrepreneur. And, but he didn't get there the easy way. And I have been so inspired by him because he, you know, he grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in, in less than favorable circumstances. And really everything was against him. The odds were against him. And it just so happened that he ran into this guy that became a mentor to him who really began helping him with his thinking. Mm -hmm. And when Paul began to deal with his thinking and realized that the way that he grew up and in the circumstances he grew up was not conducive to what he was trying to do, um, he began changing his thinking and he changed his life and he became really, really successful. And I've had the privilege of um, having mentoring calls with him, and he has worked with me extensively. And I'm telling you, you know, there was one conversation I had with him that really has brought so much transformation to my life because of things he spoke to me from his own experience. And, you know, at the end of the day, knowledge is great, but if you want transformation, that is where the real the mm-hmm. real stuff is, right? That's how, where the gold is. How important do you feel it is for someone to have a mentor and to kind of have that guidance over you? I think it's hugely important. Mm-hmm. And I believe, um, you know, I had always kind of thought that you should have a mentor until I heard somebody talking about having mentors in different spaces. So maybe having a spiritual mentor, having a mindset mentor, having somebody who's really successful in business, if that's something you want to pursue, or maybe it's 
some other thing that you want to do. Maybe maybe you want to be a nurse or you want to be an attorney or you want to be in the government. Like find people that you want to be like and hang out with them and you know be prepared to ask them questions. Um, mm-hmm. That's something I try to be really intentional with when I'm around people who are further down the road than I am. I am always thinking ahead of time about questions that I want to ask them um, to, and just pick their brain yeah. on. And there's so much to learn there. And that's something that I kind of struggled with maybe coming out of high school, early college years is learning that it's okay to ask questions mm-hmm. and to not know maybe what's going on. But but when you find those people, those mentors, and for me, like early on, I, I was like, well, what do I need a mentor for? Like I, I already know this. And if I, if I don't know it, I'm going to learn it. I'm going to figure it out. But the relationships I've had with mentors have brought me more help, more options, more abilities than I could have ever imagined, whether it's in that field or not. And, right. and the people that even just as you get older, you get to know more people. And so when you have a mentor that's 30 years older than you, then they know a lot of people. Right. And and being open to asking those outside questions, the weird mm-hmm. questions. And something that we talked about earlier is that, I mean, everyone's failed. Yeah. And no matter whether you think it's it's the Bill Gates or like the super successful people, they failed at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. And that's why they are where they are now. Right, right. I totally agree. And, you know, I had, I had um, in my 20s, I worked somewhere um, and I had a mentor there. I apologized one day for asking so many questions <laughs> because I just, I was new. It was a new role for me. And I, it was within my, I think, first, like, probably month or two being there. And I was asking a lot of questions. And I've always kind of been pegged as a question ask, asker. And he, he told me he was the CEO. And he said to me, Geneva, don't ever apologize for asking questions because the people who are the most successful are the ones who ask the most questions. Wow. Wow. And it has always kind of been, it like sunk into my mind. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is, this yeah. is a good thing. Because they're the ones that end up learning the most right. in the end. Um, and I guess kind of to, to wrap up a little bit here, can you kind of or just give us one book that – that you have would maybe point your success towards or just a book that kind of changed where you were at in life, kind of took you into a new mindset or a new venture, um, just kind of the first book that comes to your mind. Well, I, as you can, uh, well, you can't see it, but I have bookshelves. I am a huge, uh, I love reading. I love Audible. And the first book that came to mind when you talked was Think and Grow Rich. And the reason that I um, that that book has had such a tremendous impact on me is because, you know, you hear the title and you think, oh, it's just all about making money and all about wealth. And it's not. It really is a book about what you how you think is the exact results that you will get in your life. Mm -hmm. And if I could give any message out to anybody, it would be to pay attention to how you think. And a practical exercise, and I do this with my coaching clients, I practice it regularly, is to write out what is your ideal day look like? What does your ideal day look like? Like if you close your eyes and you imagine yourself doing something amazing where you're having a positive impact in the earth, where you are 
you know, you're walking in purpose and you feel confident. What would a day like that look like? And begin to articulate it out. And the more, the more articulate you are and the more precise you are with the details on that, um, it will give you really a lot to think about. And it will, in your everyday life then, after you've written that out, you might, all of a sudden, you might be writing all this stuff about how confident you are and you're being this change agent. But then what happens when you leave that room and you think, oh man, I'm such an idiot. Why did I do that? Mm -hmm. And it immediately will arrest you in your thought process because that's in complete contrast to what you just wrote over here. Yeah. And it helps you to begin identifying thoughts that you maybe are completely unaware of. And so I believe that book, Think and Grow Rich, helped me to really identify ways of thinking that I was completely unaware that I had that were really not helping me at all. They were in fact keeping me hostage. Yeah, and they would cause me to take two steps back rather than two steps in. Wow. It's crazy what books can do for you too. The, yeah. the mental side of things and I mean coming out of a book, even for me just finishing a book, I like I feel good, feel happy mm -hmm. and successful I guess. So that kind of leads me into my last question as and as I'm on this journey of uncovering success, what do you feel like success looks like? Maybe for someone like me or for yourself as well, when you get to the end and you kind of look back, what will you say, yeah, I was successful. I lived a successful life. You know, for me, it is less about success and is all about significance. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I that is something that I... I mean, you ask anybody on my team and they'll tell you that's my belief. I believe we are on the earth to, be, to do things of significance, to let the world a better place than when we got here, to walk out our purpose, to, and when I say walk out our purpose, you know, some people could look at what I'm doing right now with leading a software technology company and bringing transformation to healthcare, like, well, what's, what's purposeful about that? Well, you know what? That's a practical, we're solving a practical solution. We have a practical solution for a problem. And I believe that along the way, we meet a lot of people and I, I want my life to count. I want to live a life of significance where I help to bring positive change everywhere I go, where I inspire people to be more than what they believe they can be and to encourage people like to dream big and to think beyond where they are right now and so for me that is the picture of success that's awesome it's been really cool for me to hear what everyone has said and what they believe success looks like as i as i try to get that um in my own life i appreciate it geneva this was awesome i know people are going to take some great things from this and uh i appreciate the time Thank you so much for having me. So that was one of the great pioneers of the healthcare industry and my aunt Geneva Slayball. You know, I took a lot away from the idea of knowing when it's time to move on and following through with the plan and vision that's laid out before you. I know I've learned a lot on this journey so far about trying to find your passions and being willing to try a lot of different things, but none of those things are possible if you're not willing to move on and go experience something new. 
We all fear the unknown, but it's better to try and fail than to regret later. If you haven't yet, go subscribe, rate, follow the podcast on Spotify, and thank you for coming along with me on my journey of uncovering success. Mm -hmm.